Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best tired fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Mr. Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Zyawa. Take a look at their lineup. They cover all the bases, they hit all the price points. They have got the reel for you for whatever you do, Zyawa. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, free apps from Stitcher Radio on the Apple App Store, iHeartRadio. Boy, we cover all the bases, don't we? Don't forget the podcast is always available on our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded at two separate studios in Northern Illinois. We send the audio down to our executive producer, Mr. Brad Nierman from Preserve Productions in Lando Lakes, Florida. He puts it all together, makes it sound as good as it does. Hey, Brad, thanks for everything. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Going to give a Bassmaster Classic recap. Uh, he was down there for the Classic, uh, shaking hands and talking fishing rods with people. Uh, finally getting to meet the public after all of this COVID seems to be going by the boards. And then uh, Dave is going to talk to uh, our good friend Dale Bowman. He's an award-winning outdoor writer from Chicago. He's uh, a regular with the Chicago Sun-Times. He's got his uh, finger on the pulse of the business. They're going to talk about the future of fishing. And I get to interview the guy, Mr. Hank Cherry, Bassmaster Classic winner, two years in a row. Hank Cherry, is that absolutely incredible? That puts him in the lineup of best fisherman of all time. We'll talk to him about how he feels about that. But first, let me swing it over to uh, my partner, Dave Kranz, who is going to bring on our friend, Dan Johnson from St. Croix. Take it away, David. And as Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnson, fresh from the Bassmaster Classic. Yeah, it was uh, it's wonderful down there in hot Fort Worth, Texas. The guys were on Ray Roberts. We were at the Will Rogers um, Convention Center uh, set up working. It was it was it was awesome. Uh, like we've mentioned many times, it's the Super Bowl of bass fishing, and to be there is uh, a real real um, blessing. Absolutely, and you would have rather been fishing it, but you were working a booth, and uh, this is kind of the first really big in-person show since COVID has started to relax and is relaxing across this country. Uh, uh, I heard the crowds were pretty amazing. What did you see there? Exactly that, and you know, Texas has been wide open for quite a while, and you could see it. It was really neat to see just thousands and thousands of people come through and um all the bass enthusiasts of all walks of life attend <laughs> that event from from all over the place and it's really fun to actually be able to uh engage with them again and and uh you know not have to sit and hope that someday we may be able to yeah we were all wondering uh what was going to happen with uh 
a couple of things. Texas in June, it's hot. Where, where are the people going to show up? Uh, you know, was there going to be people that didn't travel from other states that hasn't been wide open like Texas? How they would respond to that? But uh, you know, the fishing was looked pretty decent. They they worked hard at it, and uh, congratulations, Hank Cherry uh, Jr. again. Uh, but it's um, I guess we found out that people are going to bounce back pretty darn quick. You know, it's hard to tie down passion. And it just is, especially something that you just physically aspire to do so much, like bass fishing. And you get the Bassmaster Classic and you get all the hoopla and you get some of the baddest sticks on the water down there on a really cool lake with high water and flooded bushes. And we all love to flip them and to sit there and watch that was awesome. And um, just neat to see all the people out and about. And there was a lot of enthusiasm. And so, yeah, it, it was really hot. Matter of fact, we were in an air conditioned building, Dave, where St. Croix was with a lot of the big boat manufacturers and big, large vendors. And then there were a couple buildings that were not air conditioned. They had fans blown around and it was hot, but it just didn't stop people. And they always say, God bless Texas, man. They just, they, they, they just go after it. And it's, it's really, it was really fun to see the people in the numbers that they were and the enthusiasm that they had. And, you know, talking about our new victory rod for St. Croix and just, uh, you can probably tell for those listeners that hear me a lot on this podcast, my voice is a little off today. That's because I was talking to all of our anglers for the last three days, pretty much nonstop. Yep, and uh, I did see some of the videos that you did too, and that, that's, uh, those things uh, don't happen by themselves. So continuous talking is a, is a wear and tear on your, your instrument, which is your voice in that case, and, and that's what you have to do. Uh, how about product availability in general? Did you see a lot of people carrying rods and reels around? Were, were the uh, major manufacturers or the uh, uh, retailers that were there able to have a pretty good amount of tackle to sell? I would say the overall answer to that would be yes, knowing what we were going into. Is there still an element of product scarcity out there across the fishing industry? Absolutely. And it was the case at the Bassmaster Classic as well. But And there's a lot of large manufacturers that are communicating to anglers, you know, that just hang in there and we're doing the best we can. And, you know, just like we are at St. Croix, we're at maximum production, but we have unprecedented demand against that production. A lot of it's because there were eight to 10 million new anglers into the sport last year, which is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's more difficult to get things now than it has been in the past. But at the same time, I walked around, took a an hour to do a flyby across the show and filled a bag full of stuff that I can't believe I needed. But I always seem to find <laughs> a way to do that. <laughs> we are tackle collectors and we are good <laughs> at it. And uh, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll do the same thing. My wife and I will go somewhere on vacation and I'll walk into a store and she goes, you can't need anything. You have a retail store full of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but sometimes I see something, a color or a bait that I like, yeah, I want to try that. So yes, I, I understand there. Uh, we have the disease bad is, uh, uh, is the problem, but, but that's okay. Uh, Bassmasters Classic, we've talked about how it's, it is the Super Bowl of bass fishing and uh, quite possibly Super Bowl of uh, outdoor events in general. Uh, how important was this year knowing what it should have been in March? It was moved to June. Um, the response that they got in a different month, uh, in a different area, different venue, um, it was important to find out that that this influx of new anglers, I, I think, is here to stay. We're going to retain most of them, aren't we? 
I don't know. I think so, but I don't think anybody really knows that. And it's it's interesting you bring that up, Dave, because I asked a lot of manufacturers that. What is it going to take to keep these new anglers in the sport? And it, one thing that I am just adamant on is we have to try, all of us have to try to help them be successful, whether that's, you know, personally through the rod side, rec- recommending the right thing. And, and another thing I do a lot, and I did this down there too, is even though I work for St. Croix, I make sure I'm educating people on lines and gear ratios and the hook gauge, how to, how to tie certain knots. And, and there were, there were a lot of new bass anglers down there. Uh, And I think it's important for us to help them be successful because if, in anything we do, if we have success, we're more likely to continue to do it. Fishing's no different. And I, I think that's our biggest responsibility. Yeah, and I, I think uh, we all can p- play our part by helping that neighbor or helping somebody we see. Uh, we just had a fishing event from McHenry County Conservation District here in Northern Illinois. It's hooked on fishing. And there were, they had, uh, I don't know, 75, 100 kids out there. And I went down there for a little while. And you just, you know, you see them with a... Uh, too big a hook and too heavy a line and a, or a whole night crawler on a small hook. They're using the right hook and the right line, but they got a whole crawler on there instead of a little piece. And uh, we all need to take the time to help people and, and ask them, hey, can I help you out there? I want to help you catch some fish. And, and, and I think that we'll all be better off. And it, it's kind of something... Somebody helped us. We all had mentors that helped us, whether it was an uncle or a parent or a grandparent or a neighbor. We were helped. And so let's let's give back and, and do that also. We've also uh, talked about this before, but uh, how can people not agree that, that it's not a hard thing to do and it doesn't take very long? Well, that's exactly right. It's a small price to pay for the rewards that somebody's going to get out of it. And selfishly speaking, I learned a ton down there. Every time I walk, part of the bag that I filled up down there are custom colors. I went to the missile bait booth, found a color about about dropped my jaw to the booth to the, to the floor i bought a few bags of it It was called a ray bob it's dave when you see it you're gonna wish you were down there i mean it's bad to the bone and there's a lot of things that, that i'll figure out and learn down there and um you know how some of those guys were fishing those high water flooded bushes and midday and you know a lot of them were flipping them but there's some little nuances and so all of us at all levels and when we stop learning we die all of us. And I, I think that's the most awesome part about bass fishing is every single person down there, including the guys on the water, we're learning all the time. I was talking to a couple of our pros and some of the other guys down there that fished it that didn't make the third day that how much they learned about changing conditions and adapting. And so it, it, it's at all levels that we can help each other and we can all benefit from it. Luckily, I have a pen in my hand, and I could write Ray Bob down because because <laughs> it's uh, exclusive, man. Yeah, there I don't you think go. You can get it now. I, I asked, I asked John Cruz, and I, I asked uh, one of the guys in the booth. I mean, that's what they do down there. Mega Bass did the same thing two years ago, and I bought three that I've never seen before, and I won't give them away for anything. <laughs> John Cruz is a friend of mine. I'm sure I'll have to give him a call and say, "Hey, I need some of this. I couldn't go to the Classic <laughs> this year. I'm also a retailer of his product, so that's that's good too. But yeah. no, see, and that that's great, and I think people have to understand that no matter what level you're at, uh, you're going to learn stuff all the time. Uh, From this particular show, we've done a lot of retail shows together uh, in the Chicago market over the years, uh, I think decades now, Uh, but 
What do you feel going forward for the country? Uh, your national sales manager, do, are you encouraged by what you saw there? And do you think that will uh, transfer to the rest of the country for retail shows? I do. I, I think that I'm, yeah, I'm very encouraged because I think this was a very successful event. I think it's something that the industry and the country needed, to be honest with you, and to get people back engaged, passionate about um, getting out and doing something they'd love to do instead of watching it on a video or over Zoom or something is just really, really good. And I can't tell you how many people came in the booth that I've either I've either known from the past or even people that I just met to talk to that that uh, you know we would share an appreciation back and forth with the way we would talk about how nice it is to be in person with people. You know, I I I, I absolutely think it'll have a good positive ripple effect going forward and. You know, no better venue than the passion and the fuel behind bass fishing, because I tell you, these people are, they're fanatics in a good way. And it's just awesome to, and, and again, it's all walks of life. And there's people that are just starving to get better and to get information and get out there and get after it. And that's just what makes us go. It's awesome. I appreciate your information as always on every segment. And Dan, this is episode 260. So this is the last segment of year five of this podcast. So next week when we talk, we will be starting the sixth season. And I definitely am thankful to you and all the guests that have come on our podcast and uh, the listeners. Uh, you guys made this uh, last five years. We're going into the sixth year. And, uh, and thank all of you. I, I truly appreciate it. Yeah, well, all of you guys out there listening are the ones to thank. They're the ones that keep this thing going. And it's, it's a true blessing to just play a small part of it. Excellent. He is Dan Johnson. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. 
I always like to say that everybody that uh, comes on this segment that I get to interview has a passion for the outdoors. And our next guest has been on before. He is Dale Bowman. He is the columnist from the Chicago Sun-Times for the uh, outdoors. And, uh, you know, Dale and I have been friends for a while. We've seen each other at shows, crossed paths quite a bit, used to fish some of the same tournaments years ago. We, uh, But we never got the out out and had the opportunity to go fishing. We did that recently, and we we talked about uh, how to retain anglers in our industry and what's going on, how many new people, and uh, uh, that's something we want to cover today. Welcome back to the podcast, Dale. I appreciate being back, and and it was disgraceful that we didn't do this years ago. Uh, get out fishing together. It was because we had we had an awesome day, and I, I know we both had fun. We caught fish, and it it won't be the last time that that happens. Uh, uh, on my end, we'll make sure it does work. And uh, you know, how about this? Uh, our industry flourishing during a time time when there's a worldwide pandemic. People gravitated to being outdoors, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, the numbers are still up. They're not quite as staggering as they were this time a year ago. But I mean, that just they're holding on and fishing. Those numbers are holding on because I think people discovered that it's good way to get out and about and it's you know relatively inexpensive i mean if you want to be expensive you can but i mean it's still fishing is still relatively inexpensive compared to other sporting options so uh that's part of it but i really think i think we'll retain a, a significant number of those people uh, who were fishing for the first time or had just come back into it in the last year or 15 months I think we're going to retain some of them um, a good a good percentage. I think fishing will fishing had been kind of sliding down participation. I think we could hold at least hold maybe even raise a little bit over the next few years more than what the spike was during the pandemic. I mean, it was a significant spike. But, so. Yeah, it was. And and uh, you as a, a writer for a, a major metropolitan newspaper in the sporting uh, area and me having a retail store in, in northern Illinois. And we both saw, uh, I'm sure your readership was up, my, my door count was up, and many of these new people that came through the door, um, we were seeing them again. And they, and they bought entry-level equipment last year, and some of them upgraded later in the year. But are you you are seeing that on your readership that from getting uh, letters and notes from people that that there are a lot of new ones uh, that are reading your column also? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I had my readership. I I would have said during the peak of the pandemic had probably doubled, just partly because people had time on their hands, but also because people were trying to figure out things to do. I mean, literally trying to figure out things to do, you know, and. Um, so I, you know, could talk about the fishing because you could fish, uh, especially once the state parks opened up. But I mean, early on, even the, the Cook County Forest Preserves and the, uh, I think the DuPage, uh, most of the forest preserves were still open. Um, you know, they had limitations and, you know, gathering spaces and that. But so, I mean, people could get out and fish. They could get out and bird watch. They could get out and walk around. Um there were things hunting saw a pretty significant spike last year. I think it's slid down back towards where it was a little more this year. I'll be really curious to see those numbers when they, we start getting those. Um, but I, I don't, I find it amazing. Uh, you know, and, and some of the, 
some of the people were brand new, you know, to the outdoor world. But some of them, it was like um, a come to Jesus moment, if I may uh, put it that way, you know, where they uh, went back to things that they had done when they were younger or uh, or remember doing when they were younger. And all of a sudden they were fishing again and remembered the joy it had taught them. And, and there was an element, I think you and I had talked one time about this. There was also an element, there were some people who were fishing for food. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was more than a casual, more than just let's go out and get out of the house and do something. There was actually people fishing for food. And I, I find, oh, I'm going to tread delicately here. I think catch and release is really important, but I think it's also important to realize that fish are a very renewable and relatively quickly uh, resource. And I, I think it's more important to retain the anglers than it is to proselytize about uh, uh, catch and release. You can do that as once people are in and fishing, then you know teach some of the finer points of that. I, I just, I guess, uh, I think there is value in physically handling a fish and and scaling it, uh, gutting it, and seeing what the organs look like and putting it in a pan and then eating it. I think there is, what would the word be tactile, I think, uh, uh, learning that's important if, if you want to retain anglers, Yeah, at I- least a certain segment of them. Yeah, and I think we saw a lot of that during the ice fishing season where they, they went and they caught panfish, bluegills, crappies, perch, which is a very sustainable resource. And they took them home and they pan fried those bluegills and, and they were delicious and they did feed their family. And I, I think what COVID also did, it got the people back to something of, of not a 24-7 mentality um, world and and they took time off and slowed down and and did did more things with their family and friends and neighbors and people that they were in contact with anyway uh, and i think that that was good and uh, i i hope that it's it stays that way for a while it kind of looks like it is we're not going to hold them all as you said but i think we're going to hold most of them yes i would i actually think um i think we'll hold more than half of them which would be most of them so i I absolutely think that. And the other thing is that I think it will help with the uh, younger generation. I mean, we have on multiple levels across the country, we're trying to retain or or build young anglers. There's a multitude of programs for that. I think there's one way that organically it's drawing young anglers in because they were out with their parents or their older brothers or older sisters, you know, or their grandparents and, and we're fishing. And so I think in some ways, I, I'll be real curious if somebody much smarter than me with data and stuff determines, you know, if uh, how much the impact was on, on say, the, the 20 and younger crowd or even the uh, 15 and younger crowd, whether some of them will retain, be retained in the fishing world. I think, I think that's an important group to hang on to. Yeah, and it's been shown that the earlier we get them, uh, the better. If you don't get them by 18, they're probably not going to become a, a, a hardcore fisherman and do it for the rest of their lives. But if you get them by the time there's five, six, seven, or eight, the chances of them staying in it and teaching their family, their friends, their kids. And, and I think we have to do that as, as, uh, 
people in the media, between your readers and my listeners, uh, we need we need to invite those that that read us and listen to us to to help these new anglers and and get them out there. If you see neighbor kids that are going, you know, help them out. Look at their rods and reels. You know, if they got too heavy a line, you can you can put smaller line on for them, smaller hooks. You can show them that they don't need a big old leader and a snap on there and it can tie direct and teach them a, you know, a polymer knot or something. There's a lot of things that you can do at, uh, with very little effort that will help somebody go further in this, uh, this life of, of passion that we have for the outdoors. Well, I, I really like that you said that about heavy line and big hooks. There was one thing uh, that I... In fact, I might have to make a note on that. Just that's probably the easiest thing that people could do to make uh, for a better beginning fishing experience. Now, I mean, obviously, if you're going for big walleye or muskies or big carp or something, you want you want heavier line and bigger hooks. But uh, uh, for bluegill or bass, even bass, you know, we have some quality bass, but uh, smaller hooks and later line is is much better uh just it just is um that's a really good thing to remember and it's an easy one to to teach still it is it is uh, part of the part of the issues that we're running into because we have so many new ones is uh i'm having a hard time getting big baits because people may not realize it, that there's not much if any wild harvest in, in this country anymore for bait. Most of it is raised on fish farms and comes from Arkansas and South Dakota and Minnesota. And they are sold out of all the big baits because of so many people starting to fish down south earlier as the weather breaks. I mean, we're thinking, you know, it's cold and, and nasty here in December, January, uh, February, but down south in those southern states, Gulf states, it's spring there and they start fishing earlier. So this whole country has been fishing for this whole year. And as it gets up into the northern states and they're just you know breaking loose up there on the canadian border and starting to be really nice spring um they uh, a lot of this stuff is sold out and the uh they've got to raise enough to do it they're going to have to adjust and it's the same thing with the tackle and the boats and the motors I, i've heard uh word that some of the boat manufacturers are taking orders for 2023s 2022s are gone already so uh it, it's uh, something that the industry is going to have to t- tackle also isn't it I think so. And I, and this is way above my intelligence, but some of that infrastructure thing, I would think some of the, I, at least I hope they are, some of the big time uh, dealers and manufacturers are rethinking how uh, the distribution uh, networks and, and acquisition networks so that doesn't happen again. Because, I mean, there are some things that are going to be, as you mentioned, are still going to be backed up a year from now. So uh, I, that's a really a problem I didn't see coming, but I know you didn't. One of the other uh, shop owners I know had sensed something was coming and was stockpiling um, and, and ordering gear and stuff in time and were able to weather it better than some groups were. Some of the big box stores shelves were just empty. And um, I, I think some of the more in tune, smaller businessmen sensed what was coming and were able to get at least some of the uh, tackle in, into their shop and into their uh, uh, storage area so that they had it. Yeah, we're still we're still have things on back order for six, uh, seven, eight months at this time, <laughs> and uh, that's hard to believe, but it is it is reality. But boy, that that time flies, Dale. But I uh, definitely appreciate 
uh, having you on the podcast. It won't be the last time, and it certainly won't be the last time that you and I get out on the water. I, I had a great day that when we got out there a couple weeks ago, and I look forward to the next time we have you on the podcast and uh, and that you and I go fishing. I both of us. I can't wait. Thanks, Dale. Uh, appreciate it. I am uh, Dave Kranz. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta. We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Surley. Dave Kranz is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And you know, if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. I am excited to introduce our next guest. Uh, This guy, he's the hottest name in the world of bass fishing. He has just won his second consecutive Bassmaster Classic. Please welcome the one and only Hank Cherry. Hank, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on. Not a problem. I had you on last year right after you won the Classic, and it, it was funny. I, uh, uh, You were coming out of, like, the green room waiting to go into press conference after you had won the trophy and gotten the big check, and I said, how am I going to get this guy to do an interview? And it clicked in my head. I said, I, I'm going to go say hello to, to Jackie Cherry, and I talked to her, and, and I got her to give me her phone number. The next day we were doing an interview, and... Uh, uh, I rudely jammed myself into your busy schedule, and, and it was it was uh, uh, it's good to get you again. How tough is it to manage a schedule like this? Uh, you won the classic. You're the most in demand guy in the world of fishing. Well, it's it's been a, a hectic day already. Yesterday I had to do a photo shoot, and then uh, today my phone has just been blowing up off the hook. So 
I've got two other people trying to manage everything that's coming in and we're going to don't know how fast we'll get back to everyone's request, but we're going to try to get to everyone before we're done. Excellent. Who are you traveling with? Uh, actually, I have a friend from North Carolina. Um, his family and I met by half and chance. They saw me one day on the road and actually called me back to my house. And his dad got out, promised me he wasn't a stalker, but his son wanted to meet me. And his <laughs> name's Drake. And he's actually, uh, he came down. He's been at both classic wins. And he's old enough to drive now, so he's driving me back. Excellent. Yeah, Drake Drake uh, helped. Uh, he's, he's managing your phone. And he and he helped uh, put this together. So I, I thank him. And, and and the family traveled separately? Uh, the family had to fly because Jacqueline had to get back. She has some classes to teach this week. So uh, they flew and I drive. I love it. They're not missing out. They're not missing out drives. <laughs> I loved watching the weigh-in. Uh, you got a beautiful family. They, they were excited. Jacqueline was all over social media before and after the event. But I got to ask you, uh, who, who, tell, tell me who the family is that was on stage with you. Uh, the family on stage, Bella Grace, Christian, and Jacqueline. And then, of course, Brock Mosley had to come out there and give me a hug because him and Tyler Rivette and Kelly J are kind of my family uh, away from my family when we're out on the road. All right, out of you, Jacqueline, and the two kids, who was the most excited? I was having a hard time figuring out who, who got the biggest kick out of you winning. You know, I don't know. I was, I was pretty jacked up, but Bella Grace was kind of shy last year. This year, she was all about it. So uh, I think it's a great combined family effort, family win, and uh, I think we're all equally excited. Well, I want I want to talk about the fishing, but first, I've got to say that uh, I was a little mad at you during uh, during your, your your period of talking because you you made me cry, man. Uh, I, I thought it was the most beautiful thing that you took time away from getting handed that trophy and that big check to pay homage to uh, one of the greats who is in need of prayers, Mr. Aaron Martins. Yeah, Aaron's a great guy. Um, I've never hidden the fact he's been he's been one of my idols, my role models. I, I still say if I had to rank him in the history of fishing, he's one of the top three to ever pick up a fishing rod in my book, and he's just a one-of-a-kind, unique individual. He he he, de- he definitely is, and, and we've I, I consider Aaron a friend, and we've had him on many times. And, and I always tell Aaron, I said, Aaron, you are so hard on yourself. Uh, he He, you know... We love him. You love him. You give him credit for being great, and, and he always looks in the mirror and thinks he could be better. And and I don't know yeah. if, if that's what drives him or not, but he he's he's a tough critic. Yeah, he is definitely. But that's I think that's what makes Aaron special. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. How was the heat? The heat was oh, it was unbearable that third day. I mean, it was hot. It was all you could do to concentrate, but. Um, you know, had to fight through it. But I think the heat index was like 108. <laughs> the actual temperature was around 98, 99. How much liquid do you have to drink in order to stay healthy when it's that hot and you're doing something as physical as casting, casting, casting? It's it's a lot harder than people realize. You know, it's a physical activity and, and, and you're just getting beat up by that sun. What, what do you got to drink? Uh, you know, I drink a lot of Pedialyte. 
some sweet tea. I drank more water this week than I think I've ever drank drank in my entire life. Um, we went through a bunch of liquid, just trying to uh, just stay hydrated and keep going. I, I wouldn't eat while I was fishing. I would drink though. I just couldn't eat because it's just I, well, I usually don't eat when I fish anyhow. So I couldn't break that habit. But I, I made sure that I drank lots and lots of liquid. My cameraman had lots and lots of liquids. What was the temperature of the water on that third day? Uh, the water was getting up to that 87, 88 degrees <laughs> where some of the stuff had started, you know, the week before when we were practicing was 71, 72. That was, did it pick up over the three days of actual tournament fishing? What, what would it go up in, in the three days? Uh, I guess it went up in my primary areas. It went up a good six degrees. What do you think 87 degree water meant to the to the uh, totals uh, uh, the total weigh-in weights. Uh, do you think that uh, a little cooler water would have gotten you bigger fish or more fish? What what did the temperature of the water have to do with the performance? Uh, I think the temperature of the water kind of slowed the bite down. I had fish biting funny as you can go back. I'm sure people saw not only myself but lots of people lost fish and we lost bigger fish because they just act funny when it gets in that. Uh, warmer water but I think that warmer water had most of the fish wanting to leave to go offshore but they were kind of hesitant about going and getting out of those bushes so it kind of had them in a state of confusion I believe So what did that do to your approach and your presentation? How did that alter that? Um, to me I, I just kept ticking around uh, I threw the jerkbait on the on the dam just because I knew year round there's always fish around the dam and there's always seems to be some bait out there and that, it was a pretty good pattern going early in the week but flipping around the bush and stuff I just had to make adjustments from the big weight to a small weight from the jig to the plated jig just kind of picking and popping and seeing what they wanted and uh, I was fortunate enough just to just to get enough bites. How many days of practice did you get in? We had uh, three days of unofficial practice and then one day of official practice, so four, and I probably spent three and a half days out there. Had I didn't you spend the whole official practice? Had you uh, experience on Lake Ray Roberts before this? No, I'd never seen it till the first till we got there. You know, a week ago, and got to get out on it and goof around. So it was all new to me, and I kind of I kind of liked that because I didn't have any preconceived notions, and I had no idea what it looked like at regular level. Well, it's it's amazing because. Uh, uh, th this was a case in point where uh, home water doesn't always mean anything because reading all this stuff in the in the magazines on the internet, uh, a lot of people were piss picking Chris Zaldane because that's his home lake. You know, he's from there, and, and, and a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, if you're from the same state, people figure you've been there before and you've got familiarity with the type of water. Well, it didn't help Zaldane at all. And uh, look at who, who wins the big trophy. It's a guy who's never fished the lake before. Isn't that something? Yeah, that, ha that happens a lot. I think you, I think with the hometown thing, I think you get a lot of pressure, unneeded pressure, and I think you put some extra pressure on yourself. And, uh, you know, I think it's just one of those deals where the lake was flooded, so it was really like a brand-new lake to everyone. It, when lakes flood, history doesn't really mean a whole lot. You just got to kind of go pick and choose and uh, hopefully you land on the right spot you know talk about pressure uh it's different because this is your second Bassmaster classic win two years in a row uh, only uh four people in history have won two classics in a row 
uh, and, and you're an elite company. So you've experienced some of this stuff before, uh, but w- when you think about it, you, you're going to fish the biggest tournament of your life, and, and it's broken up by something like the Night of Champions where all the anglers get duded up and they bring in the, the legends of the sport and past winners and uh, a, a big formal affair. And this doesn't happen at any other tournament. How does that play with your mind? How do you go fishing the next day after you've been doing that the night before? Well, that was, it's not the night before. It's, it's actually the day before. That, that's right, right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're, you're right. Day, but that doesn't. It doesn't bother me. By that time, the game plan's set. I know what I got to do, and I got a whole day to mentally prepare. And, um, you know, that's just the way I handled it. It's, it's the way I've always tried to handle it. Uh, I don't let the situation, the sport, or the tournament get bigger than, you know, than it's my job. And uh, as long as you keep it in focus, you can handle the pressure. Not a bad, not a bad job to have, man. Six hundred thousand dollars in two tournaments in a matter of a little over a year, not, not a bad deal. And, and, and people can't look at that. That's not like it, that's not like it is every year, but that is totally impressive uh, that you have done so well on the classics and you're still a young guy. You've only been doing this for nine years. You, you broke in as uh, the rookie of the year and have gone up from there. Uh, what about next year? What, you know, you're at, uh, I believe, Hartwell in South Carolina. What kind of additional pressure is there now with two victories in a row on your on your back? Uh, there will there there will be zero pressure when I go to Hartwell. Um, you know this back to back thing was kind of a rare error, and people were trying to make more of it than there was. And you know I, I wanted it bad, but I, I, at the end of the day, if I had to hand it up the trophy to one of my buddies, I was okay with it. Um, knowing that nobody's ever done it three times in a row. Uh, there is no pressure. I mean, if it happens, it's going to happen. If it's not, like I said, I'm going to enjoy the ride. I'll pass it on, trophy on to someone else, and it'll change their life. I'm just blessed to be able to live my childhood dream and provide for my family while I'm fishing. Uh, it's funny. It's funny. It's a good point you're making, and, and I understand that with the pressure being off because I was asked a number of times to pick somebody, and I did not pick Hank Cherry, and I did a lot of interviews, and, and uh, people weren't picking Hank Cherry. And the reason is, ah, nobody can win it twice in a row. Now, next year, well, hell, nobody can win it three times in a row. Hank Cherry doesn't have a chance in heck of, of winning this thing. So if you win it, you're going to surprise everybody. But you know what? You've got what it takes to do it. And, and I think the experience of uh, having won it before can, can, play to your, can play to your advantage. But you know what? Uh, I, I think you keeping it out of your head and not being concerned about it is the way to go. Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely a possibility, but I'm not looking ahead. i got two tournaments left this year, and uh, I want to finish out the year strong, so i make sure that I double qualify, get somebody else into the Classic, and then uh, we'll start worrying about the Classic when, it turns, when the season is turned. Excellent. Hey, let's take a quick break, let our sponsors have a word. I want to talk to you about your sponsors when we come back. Uh, Hank Cherry, Bassmaster Classic winner. Two years in a row, yes, two years in a row, Hank Cherry will be right back with Steve Sarley on We Fish ASA. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably 
four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. While Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. We Fish ASA is back. I am Steve Surley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. You know, if you'd be interested in becoming an advertising partner of the We Fish ASA podcast, you can contact us through our website, wefishasa.com. You can also write us there. You can find us on social media. Uh, when you locate us on places like Facebook, please follow us, share us, and click that you like us. We thank you for all of your support. Hank Cherry, Bassmaster Classic winner. Uh, I think the only thing better than winning a Classic on a brand new bait would be if that bait was available at tackle shops today and I could run out and get it, but tell us about the new bait and tell us about when it's going to hit the stores. Uh, the new bait is the Berkeley Stunner Jerk Bait. Um, it's one that I'm very proud of. We've worked really hard with. Uh, I didn't want to come out with a copy of anything else. I wanted something kind of unique with a unique action. Uh, I think we hit it on the head. Um, the bait uh, should be out it should be out next month. I think that's when it's going to hit retail stores next month. Um, it's going to come in two sizes. Well, we say sizes, lip sizes. It's going to come in a deeper dive version and a shallow dive version. Um, and there are 14 colors of each. They are colors that we hand selected. Uh, they are fish catching colors. They're not just to make the shelf look pretty. Uh, <laughs> the bait cast a mile. Uh, it's got uh, a weighted tungsten transfer chamber in it. Uh, it comes ready with fusion hooks to go. Everything about the bait is ready to throw right out of the package. And it's designed to be thrown with that 12 to 15 pound line, not 10, 8 pound line. Just because the actual weight of the bait, the castability of it, it's just uh, something I'm really proud of, really proud of and really excited to, to get out to everybody. It's interesting, and I read a lot about it, and I saw some stuff on social media from people who, uh, uh, from Pure Fishing, who were involved in developing this bait with you, and, it, and it's uh, obvious that uh, you were very 
very uh, heavily invested in, in, in developing this. And I think it's great to hear this because a lot of people think, hey, uh, here, uh, uh, Hank Cherry's a, a winning fisherman. He's famous, just won $300,000. Let's sign him up and let's have him slap his name on something that we got coming out here. Uh, not, not the case at all. Uh, not the case at all. You were, uh, uh, you were very, very invested in developing this bait. How long did it take to come up with? Um, well, through initial conversations and the discussions, we got kind of close on the first one, but uh, I nitpicked a lot of things that I wanted to change. But um, the third run that they got to me, uh, I've actually been fishing with, which is crazy because the bait that I actually threw in the tournament until I busted it on one of the rocks was an actual prototype. Uh-huh. Now I was given some of the, I was given some of the production model while we were there, but I'd been fishing with still with all prototypes, and I've been doing that for about six months, and I've had success everywhere I've taken it. Um, like I said, it's not a gimmick; it's not something they just want me to, to sign my name to to push sales. It's something that I'll put my name behind. Um, it's a very good bait; um, it will catch fish. I mean, I showed it out there at first missions, but. In the right place at the right time, especially in this that fall to winter to spring transition when dirt bait shine, this bait is unbeatable. All right, you you said that uh, I I think that's I think that's interesting. Uh, bait's going to be available next month in fourteen colors. How many of those colors did you tie on during the classic? Uh, just one, the still shad. That's my that's my primary color that I like. Uh, after you, when you get to this time of the year, leading up into the fall, it just looks like a shad. It's a bait you can rip really fast. Um, there's been other baits that color in the market. I think a lot of other people caught like a chartreuse shad. This bait's just a little lighter. It makes sense to me, and, and I know that when this comes on the market, that that color that you said was the only color you threw in the classic will be the, the top seller right out of the box from day one. But you know just as well you go to different lake, different water where you're going to throw a jerkbait, you, you may want to go with a different color, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And we have them from uh, perch to northern lights to, you know, smallmouth colors to largemouth colors from Tennessee, Florida, all the way to the St. Lawrence River. And I'll, I'll, I'll be definitely be throwing some different colors when I head up north here in a couple weeks. Wanted to, I said I wanted to talk to you about sponsors, and obviously we're into that talking about pure fishing. But uh, they are more to you support-wise than just uh, just baits, right? They are. You know, pure fishing, they take care of my rod reels, my line, my baits, my soft plastics. Uh, you know, they're kind of like family now. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to bark at them when I have an issue. They bark back at me when they have an issue. It's just uh, it's a good company to work for. Um, we've had a relationship since the beginning. And, um, you know, I'm just just glad the partnership's going to keep growing from here and hopefully both parties uh, are invested in each other and we can just continue to bring out some good products for the consumers and then uh, I can make enough money to pay for college tuitions in the meantime. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm glad to hear you. That's a, that's a, a really good thing to talk about. Um yeah, they, they have been, it's been a good partnership because you've done an excellent job repping them and, and being a face of uh, pure fishing out, out there in the bass fishing community. But uh, they, they have supported you and promoted you. I, I felt that uh, 
uh, going into this. They were one of your one of your biggest fans and supporters going in, and I think it's uh, it's good to see the way that group takes care of their own. Yeah, they do. They do a real. They do a real good job of it. Uh, they try not to lean too much one way or another with all the guys because we do have a pretty um, stacked group of fishermen over there. But uh, yeah, they did it. A lot of my sponsors are the same way. Some of them stay out of the limelight and just stay behind and make sure that I have everything. Some of them like to get up and enjoy a little bit of the light. Doesn't bother me. But I've had I've had the same sponsors for so long that. Like I said, most of them are like family, and anytime I need something, I can pick up the phone and it gets taken care of. Excellent. Well, let, let's talk about that. Who, tell us who your other sponsors are. Let's talk, talk about uh, uh, boat motor and the stuff that goes on that boat that makes you successful. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got uh, Rick Pierce provides me with a Bass Cat. Uh, Michelle Kilburn provides me with my Mercury. Casey provides me with my Power Poles. Uh, they're great family. All the way. I mean, I would start naming names over at Garmin, but it would just get ridiculous. All the people <laughs> would have to name, but they provide me my electronics and my trolling motor, and they're behind me 100%. And Logan and Daryl are at the tournaments to make sure if any of that stuff messes up, they take care of it. But I've only had one mishap with any of my Garmin products. So I've been extremely thrilled with that. Uh, what's the waters on the side of my boat? They're actually behind us right now, trailing us home. They came down to the tournament. Uh, Todd Hammond, he is, uh, he's been a great guy to work with. We've got big things coming with that in the future. Uh, the Warriors journey's on there, something that I'm pretty passionate about with the military. Um, it's just their group is dedicated to help getting military personnel back to, you know, normal life and getting them back to society, whether they're dealing, dealing with depression or marriage problems or drug problems, whatever problems great they may have coming back, and they're there. Uh, to try to help them out, which is, I think, is just incredible. Um, you know, that powerful charge has kept the batteries going crazy. I'm with new batteries this year. I've got Dakota, Dakota Lithium. They have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, of course, I keep all my tackle in Bass Mafia boxes. Everybody says a box is a box. Well, that Bass Mafia box, I mean, I've had some now four or five years. And uh, you cannot say that about most tackle boxes because they get the conditions we put them in, they get rust or whatever. I've got some there. Uh, the Bass Mafia money bag is absolutely incredible. Great, great recommendation. Hey, I, I'm looking at the list on, on uh, the Bassmaster page. Yeah, you still at AFCO? Yes. They're an advertising partner with us, so I was happy to see that. AFCO, it's a great apparel company, and uh, happy to see that uh, they are on board with the Bassmaster Classic winner. Hey, talk about uh, our promotion here. This got out real quick. If anybody goes to profishing.shop slash Hank, you will find a line of Hank Cherry merchandise that is really cool. I'm talking shirts hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, and you got a darn cool logo with that circle hook, man. Oh, yeah. that's a It's a big thing. You know, it's funny you were saying that. Um, somebody came asking yesterday, I was like, where can I get that logo on a hat? And I was like, I know exactly where you can go get that now. What, when did that start? Um, they, we got that going about, I guess, about a month ago when it hit. And then, of course, now there's some new shirts and stuff that are uh, um, hitting the market. And so uh, we've had some success with it. 
and just hope to uh, get it out there. I mean, I'll tell you, when you talk about the clothing and everything, this, that, and the other, and people ask me if I was going to have any made, um, I didn't really realize the amount of fan support, the support I had across the country that people would actually want merchandise with my name on it. But um, it's kind of... Uh, uh, very humbling. Yeah, it's got to be humbling. I can I can understand that. And think about it next year when you're standing up there getting weighed in on the classic stage uh, in South Carolina, and you look out and you see thousands of people wearing Hank Cherry hats. <laughs> That's got to be so unbelievable and bring a tear to your eye. Uh, one one last one last fishing question. We talked about the we talked about the stunner jerk bait coming out next month. What? A lot of people. I think a lot of people don't retrieve jerk baits properly. Give me a. a Give me a, a quick uh, tip on the right way to bring a jerkbait in back to the boat. Um, you know, fishing a jerkbait, you just have to have some kind of rhythm, and you probably want the rhythm faster the warmer the water is. But first thing I try to do is I try to get it as far away from the boat as I possibly can. Uh, once you've accomplished that, I reel the bait down the water, and then you just got to kind of play with the cadence. Uh, put music in your head or a song in your head or some kind of rhythm in your head. Keep that going and try to pay try to pay attention uh, to when the fish bites and how they how they bite and then just duplicate that. I mean when it's hot, I basically just have a one, two, one, two, one, two. Pauses are pauses are very short. I just got a thing about when it's hot. I've said it forever a long time ago, you just don't crack the gas, you just keep it going. And when it's in a little cooler temperature, then you slow it down and play with the sum and let the sinking part of the bait do its job. But there's no right or wrong way to do it. You just got to find out what works for you. Excellent. Thanks for the tip, man. And thanks for being you. Folks, Hank Cherry, Bassmaster Classic winner, two years in a row. Certainly a great representative for BASS, a great representative for the sport of fishing. Hank, thanks for doing this for us. I appreciate you jamming us into your busy schedule and wish you nothing but the best of luck in the future. You keep cashing those big checks, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hank Cherry, Bassmaster Classic winner. Is he cool or what? That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best time fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us, Dan. Dale Bowman from the Chicago Sun-Times, uh, one of the smartest guys in the biz, a great writer, and uh, enjoy getting to talk to Dale. And then uh, Hank Cherry, Bassmaster Classic winner, two years in a row, only fourth person in the history of the sport to win two classics in a row. He is an elite company, and he's got a lot of fishing left to go in his career. We'll follow Hank Cherry and see how he does Next year, Hank Cherry. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, Daiwa. Look at that lineup. Man, oh man, they cover all the bases, every price point, every quality level, starting with good and going up to great Daiwa. You can't beat Daiwa for the best reels in the biz. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we pretty much had that covered. We're also available, don't forget, we are at wefishasa.com. That's the home base. You can always listen there. 
If you like what you hear, please let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or somebody we should have on this show, let us know that too. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.